0: Good morning. Aliotia. In Chenedi, I'm trying to think of all the languages I can say it in, right? In Chenedi is Japadola. I know a lot of Japadola. Uh, let's see, the Toro is Semele Kukurora. It is nice to see your smiling faces. And that's about it for my repertoire. <laughs> So I would, what I'd like to do before I actually get into my brief word is there are some people here that don't know me, many of you do, but there are a few of you that don't really know who I am. So I'd like to explain. Um, I was an LMFT for 20 years, that's a licensed marriage and family therapist. So it would be appropriate that I'm doing the healing for relationships. However, I'm going to come at this from a slightly different angle. Uh, The other part of my story is that I am a survivor of suicide. My late husband committed suicide. As a matter of fact, the 10th anniversary of his suicidal death was just this past week, March 10th. So there's a lot of healing that's had to take place because of the deep wounding that comes through suicide. So I, I might talk a little bit, probably I won't focus on that, but a little bit about that. I think the main route to the message that God has for me, for you, from me to you today, is taking preventative measures, right, for healing inside of relationships. Amen? Oh, thank you, because I, I was worried I was going to trip over that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, thank you, I like to walk around a lot. Thank you. We should give Jimmy a big hand. He takes care of everything, doesn't he? Thank you, Jimmy. All right, so, this message is about wisdom for relationships and healing from past relationships. But my actual message title is The Truth About Love So this is a good one. I wanted to ask, how many of you are single? Raise your hands. I'm, I'm a widow, but I am single. Anybody else? Okay. So if you're single, the question I have for you is, are you looking for someone to complete you? No hands for that? Oh, wow. We're really above the... We're really above the crowd because it was a trick question because if you are looking for someone to complete you, what you're really saying is that you will love them as long as they, whatever your list of expectations are, right? And what is that? That's phileo love. That is not agape love. We cannot, we cannot walk in the phileo love. We have to walk in the unconditional exhibited, right, not just in the unconditional, but exhibit that unconditional love of Christ Jesus. Amen? And that we have to do in all of our relationships, whether it's a marriage relationship, whether it's a family relationship, whether it's friendship. When we love Jesus Christ and we want to walk in the fullness of the kingdom of everything that God has for us, that means that's an area for preventative from inner healing. Now, I'm actually kind of talking myself out of a job. <laughs> Since one of my specialties is inner healing, for, but specifically for leaders. Amen? So, again... Only Jesus Christ can complete us. No human being can bring that completeness that we look for. So if you are, as a single person, looking for completeness, it has to be solely in him. And then as married people, we cannot look to our spouses to complete us. We cannot look to our spouses to bring healing to us. We can only bring, we can only look to Jesus Christ. Amen? When you're married, you learn that your perception of truth may not be the exact same as your spouse's. Is this not true? Anybody that's married, you can relate to that? You see, your personal perception of truth filters how we act out our love. Our perception of truth is always different because of the woundings or because of the societal conditioning or the familial conditioning that we've grown up with. So those filters will change your perception of truth that may not align with someone else's. Amen? I've done a lot of marriage counseling over the last 30 years, both premarital as well as marital. One of the biggest keys, again, this is preventative, but you can utilize this in any relationship, not just marriage, is the importance of communication. This is key. And the key is not to pull out your machete, which I used to do a lot, and, you know, hack people's heads off with your truth. Again, your perception of that truth is very different than your spouses or your sisters or your, fam- your uncles or your aunties or your parents. One of my strongest encouragements inside of any relationship is to refrain from using the words always and never. When you do that, you're putting the past onto the present, and you're also putting the past onto your future. So, you know, the word of God in the book of James talks about how we either speak life or death with our tongue. So this is again, one of the ways we can be preventative is by refraining and it's hard to do. I still catch myself doing it in in many situations unintentionally. So we have to be intentional about refraining from the words of always and never. Because really, if you consider that, if we use those words, those are actually lies. Because there's, it's an impossibility, unless you're God, that you can always do something right or always do something wrong or never do something right or never do something wrong. Those are actually lies, and so it's important that we speak truth. Now, it's different if you say, well, I almost always, or I almost never, well, for me, I can't ever say almost always or almost never because, yeah, anyway, I am far from perfect. I am the first one to admit my imperfections. I was married to an amazing man who did end up making the wrong choices and killing himself. I was the one that found him hanging by his neck on the side of our home. So the healing that had to come forth so that I could, because the enemy tried to use that to keep me from walking in the fullness of all that God's called me to do, and so there's different onion skin layers of healing that had to happen, because when it first happened, the way I dealt with it was to stay busy being busy, but then I was never able to fully embrace the emotions, embrace the facts, embrace the pain. And inside of relationships, there's always facts, there's always pain, and it might not be great pain, but there can be pain when we hurt our loved one unintentionally. And we use words that don't speak life. So there needs to be an intentionality of thinking about the words that we use inside of relationship. Amen? We want to speak life. We want to speak the greater and opposite truth over those we love as well as ourselves. Not what the enemy would speak. Amen? Yes. Because more often than not, our own truth is tainted by our own opinions. Hmm. Think about that. Or by our filters. And of course, as I said earlier, by our own perceptions. So for those of you that either have your Bibles or your Bibles on your phone, let's turn to John chapter 8 and verse 32. This is a good healing scripture. I know most of you know it. I know it, but I don't always know what to hang it on. When you're there, are we all there? And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, the key word here is know. So I want you to consider something. Let's think about Hitler, Saddam Hussein, and now let's add Putin to it. Now, these are all, well, I'm gonna say it, hopefully Big Brother isn't listening. Putin is evil, Hitler was evil, Saddam Hussein was evil. Am I, do, do I have agreement on that? That's my perception of truth, they were all evil, right? But if they, at the end of their lives, had a momentary lapse of their evilness and proclaimed Jesus Christ as Savior, they would be in heaven. That's a hard thing sometimes, though, to grapple with, that that level of evil could be in heaven if in a lapse of their evilness they actually accepted Christ as Lord and claimed him as Lord. That's a big God. Think about that. I mean, in my own perception of truth, I would actually, at different times in my life, have said, no way! Hitler should never be allowed to be in heaven. Saddam Hussein should never be allowed in heaven. But then, if you recall, the word of God says, that all sin is the same. And that's hard for us in humanity to say, oh yeah, well, murder is the same as gossip. But the word of God says, except I think there's the only sin that's, that's a little bit different, um, aside from sin as sin, is sex sin because you're committing sin against yourself and against somebody else in sex sin. Anyway, I won't get too tied up in that. That's a big God. Have you ever heard or had anyone, or has it come out of your own mouths? Have you ever heard from someone else, let me tell you about this truth in love? Yeah. You know, I'm going to say this. It's just a way for someone to tell you their opinion. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. hmm there's a big difference between hearing truth versus actually knowing. And again, in John 8:32 it says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's a, a great difference between hearing the truth and knowing the truth. Now, for those of you that are married, when you went through premarital counseling before you got married, I know there were many truths that were shared by your premarital counselor that there will be arguments one day. You may not have them now when you're in the throes of new love, but there will be. So that truth, you've gotten to know that as a truth, not as something that someone else is telling you, correct? With children, as a mother, right? Before I became a mother, I can remember other parents or my own mother telling me, just you wait till you have a child of your own. As much as you love your children, there can sometimes be heartache because of the choices they make, whether they make them as as an adolescent, as a teenager, or as an adult. My daughter walked away from the Lord for quite a few years. She was a prodigal child. So these are truths that your children, your loved ones, can at times cause heartache. Not intentionally, but they can. And you can't know that till you experience it. Right? So, God bless Oksana. You know, she is back walking with the Lord and has been for the past 15 years. I'm so thankful. But there was a season she was out sowing her wild oats. Not that I didn't do that, I did that. I didn't get saved till I was, what, almost 37 years old. <sighs> but God, hallelujah. Amen. So as I stated, knowing comes out of intimacy. So if you take the original Greek word for the word know there, it means ginosko, right? And that Greek word ginosko means to know intimately. And that word intimately means as inside of marriage, right? So that's a physical, emotional, spiritual intimacy. So it means to truly know. So I know that all of you here that know Christ Jesus as Lord, You're working on, I'm constantly working on anyway, I don't know about anyone else, that intimate relationship with God the Father, right? Spending time with him, knowing his word, hearing his voice so that I know it in my spirit and in my heart. Amen? that knowing so inside of relationship again i'm talking about preventative i will talk a little bit about inner healing but the prevention is having that intimate knowing of christ then you pull that inside of your relationships and have the intimate knowing all right so i'm going to pick on patrick patrick you've been married now what three years four years three what Okay, so coming to four. So when you were first married, I'm sure he did not do this. When you were first married, when you, at the end of your day, you'd come home from work, your wife would come home from work, you didn't have children yet. You'd sit on either side of your bed and you'd go, Hey, how are you? I love you. That's not intimate love. No, they would come together and they would talk about their day together, right? Right? And instead of the, hey, I love you, <laughs> that doesn't bring intimacy. Patrick would probably say to Lynette, by the way, you look beautiful today. And she might have said to him, oh, you know, I just appreciate who you are as a great man of God. Well, this helps to breed intimacy, to grow intimacy. Amen. And so that gnosko inside of your relationships comes through communication and the intentionality of the words that we do or don't say or use. At the end of the day, the word of God says that we are going to be judged on our day of judgment for all the things that we did or didn't do or say. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? And because my late husband committed suicide, you know, I replayed that over and over and over and over and over and sometimes still over and over, thinking if I had or if only I had. The healing that came out of that for me was to be more intentional with the words that I don't use or do use. I try, I'm not as good at it as I want to be, but I try to tell those that I really care about and love how important they are to me. Because I think about the last day that I saw my husband. I didn't tell him how important he was to me and how much I loved him. And that nagging thought was, if I had, maybe. But I also know. I know that I know from a clinical standpoint, that's a lie. And I know it's a lie from the pits of hell. But the humanity side, if only. And so the prevention of the if only is to be intentional in the now to be intentional inside of your relationships, to be intentional. I really appreciate you, Patrick. I appreciate you, Monica. You know, I, I, can, say, I can sit here and say, I really love and appreciate Beth and Rory, Jerry and Moira. These are people that are, I'm very close to, all the people I've mentioned so far. and I just want to tell you, there's an importance that comes behind that, that builds your relationships. So again, I'm coming at this from a different place of inner healing, I hope you don't mind, but it's the prevention. Knowing comes out of intimacy. Knowing means love. Knowing takes time. Again, I'll pick on Patrick because he's still somewhat newly married three years, right? I have to say, I'm willing to say that Patrick and Lynette are more in love and more and have more exhibited, unconditional love towards each other now because they know each other more intimately now than when they were first married, right? That comes out of that deep, satisfying knowing, knowing that she will always be there for him. And for her, that deep satisfaction of knowing he will always be there for her. And of course, the tie of beautiful children. Child, sorry. Son, (laughs) Zion, I do know his name. (laughs) The beautiful part and the best part is that knowing Jesus does not limit what you can do. But knowing Jesus on a gnosco level, on an intimate level, gives you the power to do all things in Christ, including having a victorious relationship. All things. Amen? Amen? It doesn't say in the Bible that knowing Jesus will give you power to do some things. It doesn't say that knowing Jesus Christ will give you the power to do a few things. What is the word it says? All. All. That is the power of our God. Amen? So, uh, I'm not a great reader of manuals when you buy something and you have to put it together. I'll usually look at the pictures and try to figure it out. But invariably, if I don't read the instructions, which I used to never do, well, I used to not do it, not never. Uh, See, there it is. (laughs) Now I try to actually try to read the manuals to things that I have to put together. Because when I used to not read them, I'd always have extra parts. (laughs) That they wouldn't break right away. (laughs) But it's like I have a couple of extra. I have a couple of extra walnut. Or walnuts. <laughs> uh, bolts. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, wing nut is what I try to say. Not walnut. Okay, I'm being a wing nut right now. Uh, I would never look at the full directions. Well, the Bible is our manual right isn't it what was, what was there's an old saying um the bible is information before leaving earth <laughs> is that just an american pentecostal saying okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> but it is kind of if you use that as an acro- as a, as a uh, an acrostic not an acronym an acrostic right The Bible is your information before leaving earth. So it is, it has amazing wisdom in it. It has amazing instruction in it. It has amazing truth in it. It's not there for us to read just Revelations or just Genesis, right? Although they're both amazing books. But all the books in between are even more amazing. Amen? Amen. We have to read the whole manual. And the beauty about the Word of God is that the Word of God says that love sets you free. It does not limit you. Truth sets you free. It does not limit you, right? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. And we'll start off with verse 4. Are we there? Okay. We're going to go all the way through 8B. If I give away everything I own, oh, sorry, that's three. Let's skip that. Let's go on. Four, love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envious. Love does not brag. It is not puffed up. It is not rude. It is not self-serving. It is not easily angered or resentful. It is not glad about injustice but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Amen. And then John 11:11. 11, 11. After he said this, he added, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to awaken him. So this has to do... Actually, I put this scripture in the wrong place. Oh, I never do that. (laughs) That has to do with perception of truth because Mary's perception of truth was that if Jesus had been there, Lazarus wouldn't have been dead right but Jesus had a different perception of that truth and he knew he knew that Lazarus was dead and he didn't come rushing home to heal him he waited till he was dead so he could glorify the heavenly father so that people could see this as a miracle perception yeah. right perception of truth amen I have a question for you. Have you actually received God's unconditional love? That unconditional love that he loves you in the midst of any or all of your sin. Can you receive that truth? I know for years the truth that I received was he loves me as long as I, whatever my list was at the time, because I was trying to be perfect You know, perfection will not happen here on earth. The only perfection is Jesus Christ, God the Father and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. But here's the good news we can reach excellence. And each one of us, our level of excellence is different and unique to who we are in Christ. Amen. So that level of excellence that you strive for inside your marriage will bring prevention of maybe inner healing that you might have needed to have when we strive for that with each other and challenge that in those around us to be the better person in Christ by ourselves striving for wisdom, striving for excellence, not striving for knowledge, not striving for perfection. But the wisdom of God is far greater than all knowledge. Amen? Amen? God is with you. Jesus Christ is with you in your moments, in your difficult moments. The other day when I was thinking of and remembering, um, I wrote a whole thing on Facebook about that day being my late husband's 10th anniversary of his death. And I really thought about it because I didn't want to be nonchalant, but at the same breath I didn't want to be, because I I think about, well, this is 10 years. People have heard me talk about his suicidal death. How many times? They're tired of it. But yet there has to be a message that needs to be shared. And so, so we're going back to the whole message of inner healing, right? Because of allowing God this place in my life, to bring difficult things, because that's not an easy thing to live through a suicidal death of a husband. But because I purposed from a place of intentionality to say, God, God, have your way. I don't understand it, but have your way. Do in me what you want done because I don't know what needs to be done. He strengthened me. I had no compassion before my husband committed suicide. Trust me, I had no compassion. I have compassion now. He's grace gifted me through this with compassion to say, I might not understand, but I can feel your pain. I might not know your personal pain. But I wanna be here and let you feel that pain. I don't wanna shut it down. Do you know how many people over the years, stop crying Kimberly. Here I am 10 years still crying, but not torrents anymore. It's just tears now once in a while. But you know, part of healing is to allow the feelings, to allow the tears. Or, you know, maybe for some people it's not tears, maybe it's shouting. Well, you know, in, in my in my counseling sessions, I used to have these big pillows. And I'd always give them, usually to the guys, but sometimes to women, and say, you know, we're gonna do an exercise today, and you're gonna get great release from this. So I'd have them say, here's a pillow. On the count of three, I want you to bury your face in that pillow and scream as long and as loud as you possibly can. And I'm gonna listen to see what I hear, but you also listen. What do you hear? What do you feel when you're screaming? And there's so much release (laughs) in such a simple act. (laughs) And sometimes you can hear despair in the scream. Sometimes you can feel frustration. Sometimes you can feel pain. It's important to allow yourself or the other person to feel those things. Don't put a cork in it. You know what I mean? Don't put a cork in it. It needs to be poured out because God even if you are one like I have been in the past, would, I would self-quirk myself. I would stuff those emotions down. No, I have to be strong. I'm a leader, I have to be strong. I can't allow people to see me cry. I can't allow people to see me make huge mistakes. Now, actually, I, I live in that. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Because we're human first. And how do we glorify God if we're always trying to cover up everything? That doesn't glorify him. Right? Amen. Sorry, I went down a rabbit hole. But God. Amen? Amen? The inner healing is the allowing yourself to emote. and acknowledging that you might need to. But I know no one here needs to do that because everyone's perfect. (laughs) No, they're striving for excellence. (laughs) Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. Love does not boast. Love is not rude, love is not self-serving, love is not easily angered or resentful, love is not glad about injustices, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, Love never ends. So, my, I know you do a little time where you break up in groups. Um, so what I want you to do after, we, and we're going to also have a little time of prayer, but before the group, just so you keep this in mind, I'd like you to take out 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 when you're in your groups and be Transparent. What of those things in the love chapter do you need help in? What one or two or three, or maybe all, <laughs> um, do you need others to hold, help you hold yourself accountable to walk in this greater place of exhibited, extravagant, unconditional love? Walking in exhibited, so what does exhibited means? It means we're showing that love. We're just not talking about it. Extravagant is more than just the, oh, I love you. Extravagant can be many things. It could be, even though we're still at the tail end of COVID, an extravagant, ex, not exclamation, (laughs) sorry. An extravagant show of love would be hugging someone, right? Or maybe for someone else, an extravagant show of love would be just walking up to someone that maybe you've never walked up to. and You can say, you know, I actually heard you worshiping today and you have a beautiful voice. That could be extravagant for someone to receive that. Amen? Amen? So we're going to go through 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight in your groups. But before we do that, if I might, I'd like to actually ask anyone, well, first I'd also ask to have the leadership team come and help me pray, because it's not about, I'm not the only one that can pray, all of you can pray. but I'd like to do prayer for those that want everything that God has for them inside their relationships. That Maybe they are not experiencing his amazing unconditional love in specific areas of their lives. If that's true for you, and Jimmy, could you put some soft music on, please? I would love to have the leadership team come up and help me pray for people and if you don't need to do that then you can start breaking up in groups of what three and four two and four whatever groups a group is more than one person <laughs> i think <laughs> and go through that first corinthians 134 through 8 like what one or two things there do you need help in? Now, not only do you need help in, but what one or two things can you encourage someone else that this is what I see you walking in? Yeah. So it's both. Can we do both? All right, so anyone that needs more of God's exhibited extravagant love in their life, whether it be for a work relationship, a marriage, a family relationship, or a friendship, your best friend or a good friend. If you need more of that, we're going to pray for you.